welcome you to Alger Assembly of God. We welcome you to Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday is a powerful part of our Questions Jesus Asked series. Our study together has shown Jesus asked over 300 questions. In fact, his very first recorded words were questions. Now, today's question comes from the Gospel of John. Go ahead and grab your Bibles. Go ahead and grab a cell phone and find yourself to John chapter 20. In fact, the question of today is really questions, two of them. As Jesus asks these questions to Mary Magdalene, in John chapter 20, verse 15, he asks this, Woman, why are you crying? And secondly, who are you looking for? But as Mary met with Jesus, a risen and resurrected Savior, she encounters a number of actions. And those are the same actions I want to invite you and I to discover today. What are the actions of a powerful, mighty, risen and resurrected Savior? Number one, a risen and resurrected Savior deletes our doubts. In John chapter 20 beginning in verse 1. It says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. Stop there for a moment. The one that Jesus loved, that is actually John. And it's John who's writing the gospel. He's kind of writing about himself almost in, in third person. So when we see the one whom Jesus loved, the other disciple, he's writing about himself, John. The one Jesus loved and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over, looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. Now, John chapter 20, the very end of this, this chapter, John writes, he says, but these things, this entire book, this entire gospel, these things are written that you might believe. And that by believing, you might have life in his name. So John, who's writing it, he's the one who reached, he went in there, he saw and he believed. Verse 9 says, they still did not understand from Scripture. Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. You see, it seemed impossible. It seemed very doubtful that somebody could die and come back to life. Mary and, and the disciples showed up and, and they saw an empty tomb, but they no doubt doubt what they are seeing. Many times... You and I experience doubts of sorts. We doubt that God hears our prayers because we look around and we say, nothing is happening in my life. We doubt that God answers our prayers. 
Because maybe you prayed for something and nothing happened. You prayed for a healing and instead nothing happened. Many times we doubt that God will keep us healthy. Are we able to be strong in the midst of the coronavirus situation? Or am I going to catch something like this? We doubt. We worry. We doubt sometimes that God will provide. In the midst of this situation, maybe with job situation, maybe in the economy, maybe in our finances, maybe you have doubted what your finances are going to look like. Because maybe you doubt that God will or can meet your needs. You think maybe the, the problem is too big, the, the problem that you're facing is too difficult. Here's the powerful thing, and we see this in John chapter 20. Jesus deletes our doubts. He said he would do this in advance. Jesus, in a sense, Jesus prophesied time after time after time, here's what's going to happen, here's what's going to take place to me, and then he went ahead and did it. Now understand, it's pretty easy to go ahead and say some crazy things once it's already happened. But Jesus prophesied, Jesus said, here's what's going to take place. Matthew 17, for instance, verse 22 and 23 Jesus said, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed. He will be killed, but three days later, he will be raised from the dead. Jesus said it, and then he did it. All a part of helping to delete the doubts. Jesus deletes our doubt in this. Many people saw him after he was raised. It was, it was not just Mary Magdalene. There were many different eyewitnesses. In fact, for 40 days, he was seen by hundreds of individuals. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that he was seen by more than 500 people, even at one time. Listen, this is not smoke and mirrors. This is the power of Jesus Christ, the power of the gospel, the power of the risen Savior. He can delete our doubts. I'm going to give you an opportunity just a little bit later in the service to respond and allow him to do just that in your life. The power of the risen Savior not only deletes our doubts, but number two, he soothes our sorrow. Verse 11, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Mary was experiencing sorrow, something no doubt that we would have experienced as well. She's sorrowful for all that has happened to Jesus. All of the, the, the crucifixion, all of the things that have taken place with his body, and now he's gone. He was, he was buried in the grave, and now he's not there. She, in a sense, she's too blinded by tears to notice here's angels right in front of her who could probably shed light on all of the situation. The reality is this, though. None of us are exempt from or immune to tears. We all have heartache and sorrow, difficulty, disappointment, pain. Mary is not the only one who was standing in a cemetery in tears. 
Perhaps that describes you. Perhaps something in the last week or month or year. Maybe this is the first Easter Sunday without that special someone, that family member or that friend in your life. Maybe you're hurting because of a, a recent doctor's diagnosis or sorrowful at the pile of bills that need to be paid and wondering how you're going to have enough money to do that. Maybe you've got tear-filled eyes because of relationships with spouses or children or family or friends. What is it that is causing you to experience difficulty or hardship or struggle? I want you to understand this. Jesus knows about and Jesus cares about your pain, your struggle, and your sorrow. Mary's about to see Jesus face to face. She's about to experience his love and his care for her. Whatever issue you are facing, know this. There is nothing that is too big for God. Give him a chance and you'll see, just like Mary, that he is still in control. Be honest and, and share your heartache, your sorrow, your concerns. Why? Because as 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares on Him, for He cares for you. So a risen and resurrected Savior can delete our doubts, eliminate them completely. A risen and resurrected Savior can soothe our sorrows. I imagine there's a number of you that need that in your life today. And we're going to give you an opportunity to experience the soothing that Jesus, the risen and resurrected Savior, provides. But thirdly, I want you to know this, that a risen and resurrected Savior quiets our fear. Quiets our fear. Verse 13 continues. Mary says, they have taken my Lord away and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking it was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Mary was, and she was facing a whole list of fears. First of all, the tomb was empty. Someone had taken him away she said. Secondly, she doesn't know what happened. She doesn't know where he is, and there's the fear. Thirdly, she turns around and she sees someone and does not know who it is. Now, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's my overactive imagination, but I, I picture this almost, almost like a horror movie. Imagine with me everything as far as the eye can see, it's nothing but fog. Just billows of, of fog on the ground. The tomb is empty. The, the music, it gets to be a, a little bit scary. And Mary, she stops. She turns around. Ah! There he is! I don't know who it is! Okay, it's probably just me. Probably just my overactive imagination. But Mary's having some fears. Empty tomb, early in the morning, turns around and, 
and she sees someone she's not quite sure who it is? Now that might, dis- that, that might not describe your fears this morning, but chances are you've got some. Chances are you're facing some. Maybe you've got a fear of running out of toilet paper. I mean, seriously, in the coronavirus situation, how valuable are those little rolls? Maybe, maybe you've got a fear of homework. You don't want to do them. You don't want to do the assignments. Or maybe you're a parent and your fear is, how in the world am I going to help my child in this homework? Fear. Maybe it's simply the fear of the coronavirus that you will catch it or a, a friend or a family member. Feel a, a fear of physical ailments, surgeries, injuries, health issues. Fear of financial difficulties. Dealing with maybe loss of hours, being laid off, struggling to make ends meet. Much like Mary did as she turned to Jesus, I want to invite you to turn to Him and allow Him to quiet your fears. He has the power of provision to get you through a challenging time. He has the power of healing to touch your body and strengthen you. He has the power of relationships able to mend and bring together to restore. Mary didn't quite realize that the one standing in front of her was the one who could quiet her fears. Many of you might not realize that the one standing in front of you, the one opening his arms to you on Easter Sunday is the one able to do all of these things and to quiet your fears. Jesus is the one you need. You see, a risen and resurrected Savior can delete your doubts, can soothe your sorrows, and can quiet your fear. Next, I believe that a risen and a resurrected Savior calls our name. I love this thought. This thought. Chapter 20, verse 16, Jesus speaks to her and said, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus showed up and, she, and he calls Mary by her name. Powerful and interesting. I mean, if you were going to show up, wouldn't the first appearance, uh, wouldn't you make it pretty dynamic? Why wouldn't you... Why wouldn't you show up to an entire crowd instead of one person? Why not show up to the people who yelled, Crucify! To say, here I am. Why not show up to the Jewish religious leaders and say, told you so? Why not show up to Pilate or King Herod or or maybe his disciples? Jesus chose to appear to Mary. I think it helps us to indicate that Each and every person is precious and worthwhile and valuable in his sight. Male or female, rich or poor, well-known or unknown, you matter to him. Jesus calls us. Jesus knows us personally. Here's the powerful thing. He knows everything about us and loves us anyway. How incredible is that? For as much as you and I, as much as we mess up, He knows us, He loves us, and He calls us by name. He cares for you. 
No matter what it is that you've done, no matter what it is that's been a part of your past, the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, is calling your name this morning. Do you hear Him? What's your response going to be? To ignore Him? To doubt Him? To reject Him? Or to accept Him? If you turn to Jesus, confess your sins and surrender, I guarantee He will change your life. I believe He's calling many of you by name as, as you're watching, as you're sharing in this Easter Sunday service. He's nudging, He's tugging at your heart. And we're going to give you an opportunity in just a little bit to respond to Him. You see, a risen and resurrected Savior will delete our doubts, soothe our sorrows, quiet our fears. He calls our name personally and He reveals our mission. Verse 17 and 18, Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said, these things to her. See, very simply, Jesus gives Mary a mission. Very simply, she's to go and tell. To go and tell all that she has seen and heard. To go and tell the specific news to the disciples, to the brothers here. He was about to ascend into heaven and many, many people would be witnessing that fact. Here's the good news. Jesus gives you and me a mission as well. And it's the same thing. We are to go and tell. The Great Commission says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're to go and share. Go and tell all that Jesus has done for us. Go and tell what we've seen. Go and tell what we've heard. Go and tell what we have experienced in the power and in the love of the risen and resurrected Savior. See, risen and resurrected Savior deletes our doubts, soothes our sorrows, quiets our fears, calls our name, reveals our mission. And all of those things are pretty powerful. But what makes all of those things possible? It's one final action. That action is this. A risen and resurrected Savior forgives our sins. Wow. It's powerful. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and 4. He says, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. You see, the power of the Gospel, the power of the resurrection is power to forgive our sins. The Bible is clear that we've all sinned. Romans 3.23, it says that all a-L-L. A-double-L spells all. Every single one of us have sinned. That's right. Pastor Mark, sin. Your spouse, your parent, your child, your grandparent. The Bible is clear. Each and every single one of us 
have sinned. The Bible also says this in Romans 6.23. It says that the wages of our sin, what we earn as a result of our sin is death. I'm glad that verse doesn't stop there. It says that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's an important gift because no doubt we sin, we mess up a lot. What happens when you mess up? We wish we could always have a brand new start. One of my favorite toys as a child is the Etch-A-Sketch. And you could, you could do some drawings like I, like I attempted to. Um, don't you like my drawing of Alger Assembly of God? It's beautiful. It's, it's a work of art. Unfortunately, I messed up. So when I mess up in trying to draw something, do I take this Etch-A-Sketch, throw it in the garbage, and go to the store and buy a brand new one? Now, these are from years and years ago, and it's one of those kind of toys that's still out there and available. But the answer to the question is no. You don't throw it out and buy a brand new one. What do you do? These are, these are made so that when you turn it upside down, and when you, when you shake it, You've got a fresh, clean slate. And the good news is that's exactly what Jesus Christ does for you and for me, just without the shaking. See, the Bible says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. He gives us, just like this, a brand new start. It's a fresh slate. It's clean. See, the power of the resurrection, the power of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, is the power of a fresh start and a new beginning. Like Mary, you and I, we've got a variety of options today on Easter Sunday. You could choose to ignore Him. Simply go on living your life as if Jesus never called, as if Jesus never tugged at your heart, as if Easter Sunday 2020 never existed. You could choose to ignore Him. You could choose to doubt. To choose not to believe a mountain of biblical and a mountain of historical evidence that Jesus is who He says He was and He did all that the Word of God has said He has done. You can also choose to reject Him. You can turn down His offer of forgiveness. You can set it aside and say, I choose not to. Or you could choose to accept Him. You could choose to say that I believe in Him, I confess my sins, and I want to put Him first into my life, receiving that brand new start and say, Jesus, forgive me. Now it's Easter Sunday, and besides being Easter Sunday, and besides the fact that we're doing this digitally, I know there's many of you that are watching even now, and all throughout the service, and, and particularly through the message, I know there's a number of you, and God's been working on your heart. God's been kind of nudging that today, today was going to be your day. He's been nudging you, urging you, desiring that you would respond. And I believe there's a number of you that are wanting to do that today. I did that many years ago. As a little boy, 
It was, it was in February of 1981. I was a little guy. I heard about the love of Jesus Christ. And I, I knew that I wanted to receive His love. And I, I did just that. And as a little boy, I, I prayed and put Jesus first in my life. And I'm also thankful that I did so many years ago. And I believe that there's many of you, you're watching right now, and God's nudging your heart, and He wants you to experience that forgiveness of sins. This morning, I want to invite you to listen to His voice. Listen to the voice of Jesus, the risen and resurrected Savior, as He calls your name. Do you hear Him? Do you sense that nudge upon your heart today? I want to invite you to allow Him to delete your doubts. Allow Him to forgive you of your sins as you confess them and put your trust and your faith and your confidence in Him. I want to invite you to enter into a brand new relationship with Him this morning. So I'm going to ask you to do something with me no matter where you're at. You're watching on a phone, watching on the television, computer, tablet. No matter what room you're in, I'm going to invite you just to kind of pause and silence and, and still whatever it is that you're doing. I'd invite you just to, to bow your heads and to close your eyes with me. I really want you to, to pay attention and just simply to remove any distractions as we get to the end of this part of our service today. I believe that there's some people who are watching right now and you're going to be making some decisions that will impact your life for eternity. For some of you, maybe you'll respond to that, that message of love and that forgiveness that is offered, responding for a first-time salvation. And in just a few minutes, a few moments, in fact, I'm going to give you that opportunity to respond to Him. For some of you, maybe it's been a, a long time. You, you've given your life to Jesus Christ. It's maybe been a long time ago and you've been living your own life, your own decisions and directions, and you as well, You've been sensing Him calling your name to return to Him. I'm going to invite you in just a moment to pray with me. As you prepare to kind of conclude this service with me, I'd invite you to pray a very simple prayer. It'd be something like this as we go to God in prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for calling me, for investing in me, for reaching out to me. I confess that I have sinned. I, I believe in you. Clean me. Forgive me. I choose to accept you and place you first into my life. And I pray all of this in the mighty and in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If you've prayed a, a prayer that was something like that, you've meant that prayer in your heart, know that God does cleanse. Know that God does forgive and know that He does give a brand new, fresh, clean start.